a compilation of solo messages, spiritual conversations, and live talks, activating you into your divinely human remembrance. I'm Jasmine Moon Mother, and I will see you on the other side. Hello, Moon family. Welcome back. I feel like it's been such a while since I recorded an episode or even did an intro, but I wanted to intro this episode because we're going to start doing things a little bit differently on the podcast. If you follow me on Instagram at themoon.mother, you know that I love going live. I love connecting with you guys. I love having conversations in real time. And sometimes the podcast misses that for me. I'm a generator and I love responding to life. And whenever I see you all on um, the lives and you are responding back to me, we're you know talking and you're putting your comments in the chat, it gives me so much life and gives me so much energy. And it honestly pulls things out of me that I didn't know were in there. I have the depth. I have gate 48 of the depth. And I really just love that interaction on there. So something that I, po- I polled on Instagram, I asked you guys if you would love for me to start putting the IG lives on the podcast so that you can, rec- you can rewind and fast forward and, you know, know when you've kind of uh, paused so that you can always come back and re-listen to it. And so many of you guys said yes. So that's what we're going to start doing. If you love catching the lives with me live, you can go ahead and follow me on on Instagram. And I usually give about a few hours to a couple of days notice of when I'm going to go live. But if you love just hearing them on the podcast, you know, at your own time and pace, just know that we will start putting a lot of the IG lives on the podcast for you guys to enjoy as well. Yeah, I just wanted to intro. I hope you're doing really well. Everything is going beautifully. We're just about to begin the second cohort of the vision. And the vision has just been such a beautiful experience to facilitate and guide and remind people of their purpose, remind them that number one, they are their purpose, and number two, that they can express that purpose in a way that can create material abundance for themselves. So after this cohort, I won't be doing it live anymore, but the vision itself will be turned into, alchemized into a self-paced course for you to buy, purchase, and keep forever, and just go through it as many times as you want. The content in there is way too potent to not have it out into the world. So if you couldn't join us the first round or this round, don't worry. The vision will still be there for you. It will be available for purchase um, a few weeks after our second cohort. So that's in about two, two and a half months, right? Getting ready for fall at the end of summer, beginning of fall. And I want to get the vision in as many hands as possible because there are thousands of you, hundreds, thousands of you that resonate with knowing that you are your purpose, but also resonates, resonate so deeply with wanting to transmute that purpose into something tangible and something material and something that can help people and something that people can see and touch and feel and hear and taste. And I want that so deeply for you. And I know that the vision is just going to come into our realm like fire. It, that is the passion that it has. I talk about it like it's, like it's its own entity because it really is. It has taken over a life of its own. 
It is doing things that I cannot do. I was only the bringer of it. I was only the, the, the person that birthed it into this world. And now that it's here, it's just fucking hell. It is incredible. It is incredible. It is the most, it is the most comprehensive anything that I've put together around how to translate your expression of your purpose into something tangible, into something that can help others, into something that can activate others, into something that can remind others of their divinely human uniqueness. So I'm so excited to get that out at the end of summer, right around July, and it's going to be amazing. So I can't wait for you to have it. If you weren't able to join us for the live rounds, you'll get access to all of the replays and all of the modules and all of the, the whole library of resources. It's fucking incredible. Like, and, and I can talk about it this way because it, it, it's not me. It is just a creation that was birthed through me, but it is so much bigger than me. It is all encompassing all of us. So that's coming really soon. You can still grab your soul maps. Those are still available in the soul map library. Thank you guys so much for allowing us to create that transition with such ease. And it's just been so wonderful to see you all downloading different PDFs and different aspects of your soul map and connecting with it and creating ones for your loved ones and, and all your peoples. It's just been absolutely incredible. So without further ado, this episode is an IG live that I recorded um, talking all about God. And whether you feel like you are spiritual or non-spiritual is not that it, it doesn't matter. This message is for everyone, was for everyone, and will be for everyone that ever wants to listen to it. So I hope you enjoy. You can grab your tea, grab your headphones if that feels good. Um, I've been coloring a lot lately while I've been listening to audiobooks. And I hope that you enjoy. I will see you on the other side. So we're here. Hi, Aaliyah. Welcome. Welcome, guys. Come on in. Just pin the comment. Let me know if you can hear me okay. I'm going to put this all the way up. I don't know if that's going to help, but... Let me know if you can hear me okay. Um, I have a little fan going, but I can turn it off if it's like muffling the noise. Hi, Patty. Okay, good, thank you. Anastasia, oh, this is all uh, gypsy, gypsy by nature. I'll put her on, I'll put her handle right here. If anyone wants to check, check them out. Yay! Oh, Gina, me too. <laughs> oh my gosh, Golden Girls! That is my favorite. That is my favorite show on the planet. So I feel so honored that you paused Golden Girls to come on the live. Yay! Mm. Oh, hi, Leah. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give like, I feel like I always do this. I'm gonna give one more minute for everyone to come into the room so I don't have to restart the story, but I would love to let, I would love for you guys to let me know how you're feeling. Um, 
how you're doing, how you're feeling today. Is it morning for you, evening, afternoon? Where are you? Let me know how you're feeling. I have a lot of heart energy today. I'm moving through a lot of things, letting go of old identities that I didn't even know I was carrying, ways I thought I had to be. Um, and it feels good to like express it not so much in words but in beingness sometimes when we're moving through things that we that are kind of really hard instead of having to like go all the way into it and dig into it and like pick up the scabs and we can just choose to be inside of it and just express the beingness of it and it doesn't have to be so harsh in like explaining and journaling um that's okay Verita. you're obviously here for a reason. That was going to be one of my disclaimers. Rita said, I love human design and to listen to you, just not so into the God stuff. Don't worry. Don't worry. Morning from the Philippines. Yes, it's been a long week. Oh, Hannah. Evening, morning. Very tired today. Yes, it will be recorded. I will I will uh, post the replay. Yes, still lots of rest. Still lots of resting. Lots and lots of resting. The full moon in Scorpio was not a joke. And I feel like we're still very much feeling into it. So, I love what Rita said. That <laughs> she's not so into the God stuff. Um, which is why I wanted to have this conversation. Because... Um, Ryan said, it's funny that you say lots of heaviness and the feeling that I have stuff to excavate, but nothing comes up when I pull out my journal. Yeah, exactly. It's just one of those things where, like, it's so deep that we probably don't even have the current consciousness to go into what it is. And sometimes that's really good. It, like, stops us from going so deep. We can just kind of be with the energy and, and, and not have to do anything. A lot of times I feel like we feel like we have to do, we have to heal, we have to do the thing, we have to do the ritual, we have to, we have to do to heal. And sometimes we can just be and that's healing and we don't have to like, we just sit there and just kind of let the energy move through us and, and, and move through whatever it needs to, it needs to do. So thank you guys for being here. I'm going to start with some disclaimers and just catch, if anyone's new here and has never joined a live or has never joined like a room like this, um, we go in all of the places. I love reading your comments as I'm talking. I feel like we can actually get to like move the energy back and forth. Um, sometimes they go over an hour, so if you have to drop off, I will post the replay if the technology allows me. Um, if I say anything that, you know, doesn't sit well with you, there's no need to tell me. You can just leave the room because you have free will and you don't have to be here. It's a choice. Um, I do want to read or like catch anyone up who wasn't able to join the conversation that we had on Insta Stories, which is what sparked kind of this whole reason why we're even having this conversation now so maybe you just came into this whole world and you're like what the fuck is she talking about i want to i want to catch everyone um up 
Um, before I do, I've been reading or listening to the Gene Keys, and my um, incarnation cross is writing a cross of tension. That's 38, 39, 48, 21. And so I've just been listening to the Gene Keys of all those gates. Um, obviously, I have them in my uh, Gene Keys graph, but in different places. And I was just listening to 38, the Gene Key for 38. And the Gene Key 38 gift is to empower others to stand up for themselves rather than remain victims of mass propaganda. When I heard that, I was like, oh shit, that's me, that's me. Um, and that's what this conversation is about. Like, I wanted to talk about God because I feel like it's fucking propaganda. I feel like it's this, this, this like cloud that just rolls over people's lives and forces them into such deep fear that it that like they it almost like they can't even breathe they don't even in our last void the void that we just had a few days ago we talked about living in living in our orgasmic identity and even just saying the word orgasm even just mentioning it together with an identity with the identity that you are god that your identity is god-like and it's orgasmic and you should feel orgasmic at least once a day living your life whether it's the clothes you wear or the foods you eat like you should have that feeling of oh my god i cannot believe that i am god i cannot believe that i get to experience myself in this way and the God, the linear God that we all have been fed, whether you were, whether you grew up Christian, Catholic, whatever, like the society runs on the linear God. Even people that are atheists, even people that are, that, that don't believe in God, they still have to adhere to a society that runs on the fuel of the linear God. Just like when people are like, oh, I'm not racist, or I'm not prejudiced, or I'm not, but you still have whiteness consciousness that rules over the, the decisions that you make. You wanting to like get to 10K or have a six-figure year, that's still whiteness consciousness. And if you can't see that that is what is playing this bigger picture, then we're really going to be fucked for a really long time. So any, any kind of uh, energy that you feel that's pushing you into a space that you are not willingly going, remember you have free will, it is mass propaganda to me. It, it's, it's fucking propaganda. It, it's, it's fake news, as people would say, fake news. <laughs> so that's why I'm here. That's my sun. That's my sun sign. That's my sun gate. My sun sign is in Capricorn and it's in the fifth house. I'm a Leo rising. So here I am in all of the Leo, Leo's glory. And I feel like my greatest gift is to use this Leo energy to pull people in so I can deliver this message that lets you know, hey, you need to stand up for yourself. Because if you don't, you're going to keep falling victim to this mass propaganda that you have to worship this linear God instead of being devotion to the God within so that you can be in devotion to the God in other people. Okay, so now let's catch, let's catch everybody up. Um, Chris said, I believe it's not God in their lives doing that. It's the constant reminder of human physical mortality. Mm. Yeah, the fear, 
It's the fear of death, for sure. So I put up on my Insta stories, and I, I just, I'm looking down here. So I put up on my Insta stories, just a reminder. I said, today you have the choice to stop healing and just be healed. And this is something that I have been sitting with for months and months and months and months. This idea of miraculous healing. Like, I don't know if you all believe in miraculous healing, but I so deeply believe in miraculous healing. I believe that someone can move into a timeline of wholeness in a blink of an eye, in an inhale and exhale of a breath. I deeply feel that with every, and, and that's why I say the mantra all the time, is um, that my, my beingness and my words are conduits of miraculous healing. Like, I, I so deeply believe that, that words and sounds and visuals and, and just seeing things and just touching things can activate us into a, a, a semblance of remembrance where we're no longer moving from a place of forgetfulness and I have to heal this thing and I am not already whole and I'm not already worthy into this place of, whoa, I am whole, I am healed, I am well, I am here, I am here right now, I am here right now, and in this moment right now, I am everything. And we're not moving into this place from like a place of delusion, because we can, like that's all that's, that, that kind of encompasses spiritual bypassing, and like, oh, love and light, and just like wave your crystals around in the air. To, to choose to be healed is an act of rebellion to what everyone is telling you that you should be. The entire world is constantly feeding us stories about how much more we need to do, how many more steps we need to take, how much more we need to heal and, and, and be this and be that. By you saying, no, no, thank you. I'm right now in this season of my life, I am whole in this aspect and I'm going to steep in that. I'm going to relish in that. I'm going to indulge in the fact that I am so whole inside of this space, inside of this topic, that I don't need another thing because that needing another thing is capitalism and capitalism, as we all know, is fueled by whiteness consciousness, which is fueled by the linear God. It's like this, it's like this hierarchy of, of like if we were to look at it like a paradigm I'm sorry like a I was gonna say I wanted to say triangle and pyramid at the same time if we were gonna look at it like a triangle or a pyramid we would see that this this yearning this desire this oh 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 I need that thing I need that healing thing I need this thing that that's at the bottom because that's the majority of that's where the majority of consciousness is we can even look at it in the in the in the chakra system where we the root is all about survival will I live to see another day then the sacral is when we become intimate with other people we become intimate with ourselves and all obviously these energies can be balanced or they can be imbalanced. Then we move into the solar plexus, knowing that we're here for a reason. We're here to deliver a message. Then we move into this heart space where we are just here. We are open. We are receiving all that there is, and we are expressing all that we are. And then we move into the throat. We're communicating that expression. Then we move into our third eye. We're seeing visions. We're, we're being connected to the, to the larger part, this arc that's overarching our aura. And then we have 
you know, our, our crown chakra and all the chakras above that are connecting us to the higher realms, to the higher powers where we can converse with our guides and our angels and, and all of these heavenly beings. But the, the, the honest truth is that the majority of our collective is, is somewhere in between the first three chakras. And those that, to me, are in this heart space, they oftentimes, because when we get into this heart space, we're so empathetic. We can feel and pick up on other people's emotions that these people that open up their heart and it feels imbalanced, they go into hiding. These are the people that say, oh, I'm an empath, I can't go into these places. Or I'm an empath, I can't do these things. Or I'm an empath, I'm an empath, and I'm an empath. I'm like, what the fuck is the point of being an empath if you keep leaving all the places that you need to infuse this heart healing, healed energy into? So there's always gonna be this, this yin and yang in all of these energies. But the point is to remind yourself of the free will to choose as opposed to the propaganda persuading you to choose an identity that you currently are not inhabiting. And I do this all the time too. I have 48 in my unconscious son. 48 in its highest exaltation is, I wrote it down in the Gene Keys, 48 in the highest exaltation is the fact that the answer does not resolve the universe. It dissolves the universe. The individual ceases to exist. 48 is the depth. So when I come and I share, you know, my un and, and I'm doing it unconsciously. Like when I come on here and I'm talking, this, I, I can feel it's full on unconscious sun. Like I can just feel it because this is not how I am in my day to day. And I actually have to rest days coming up to alive like I feel that my body really has to rest in order to like share what wants to come out the depth 48 is the depth the gate of depth it's the well it's the well within it's the ability to slake other people's thirst when people come in and they say I want to talk about this and then they put, they drop their bucket down into my well and I don't know what's going to happen paired with the Oh, completely open throat. I don't know what's going to come out. I don't know what's going to happen. But what I do know about the 48th gene key is that whatever comes out dissolves the individual. It, it dissolves the will to exist. And so a lot of times when we move into the strength of a gate or the strength of, of an energy of, of a gene key, it also has the shadow. It, it, it also, and shadow just simply means the, the imbalanced part of this energy, right? And so the shadow of 48 is fear of inadequacy. It lives in the spleen. The spleen is all about fear and making sure that we survive. And so 48 with its massive power to overtake and completely dissolve any perspective that you think are you also has this teeny tiny part of itself that completely doesn't believe anything that it says. It doesn't believe that it's, excuse me, it doesn't believe that it has the information that's adequate. It doesn't believe that it has the information that's true. And so you take that shadow out into the world and you, and you move it into the sea of people telling you who you should be, you are going to constantly, constantly, 
be feeding, be feeding, be feeding, be feeding, be feeding. And you don't have to have 48 for you to feel this energy. Everyone feels all of the energies throughout the year of, of the transits. And if you come into contact with someone, you're feeling that energy as well. So you don't have to only have it in your chart for you to feel it. It's part of the collective consciousness. Okay? So I put that up on stories. And then the next day, like, I had so many messages from you all and questions just like, sharing like sharing your fear sharing your fear of like how can you say that this person is healed how can you say that this person is healed when they've been through these things and i was just like whoa we got to talk about this so then i i i put on my insta story so i'm still catching everybody up long-winded catch up okay um i said that this truth the truth that you have the choice to stop healing is an opposition of the linear God, which we talked about earlier, that, the, you know, the linear God that can, kind of controls everything that was actually created by capitalism. And so you're probably thinking, what does linear God and capitalism have to do with each other? Well, first, the endless search for perfectionism is a capitalistic idea. Endless competition and comparison is a capitalistic idea that feeds this perfectionism. And then defining success based on an outside perspective. In the paradigm of the linear God, you will always be chasing something that you're not to achieve something that you will never be. In the paradigm of the linear God, you pray to above. You ask from above. You yearn to be anywhere but in the present moment right now. When you realize you are God, you see that when you pray, you're praying to the God within. It is the God within that manifests miracles. It is the kingdom within that is the heaven. Could you imagine what would happen if our capitalistic society tapped into the version of our healed reality? The wellness industry would cease to exist. There would be universalized awareness and sharing of remembrance and wholeness. You can subscribe to any reality that you like, just like how you follow people on here or on YouTube until I came to the end of that rope, I didn't realize this. I did not realize that we were just chasing this endless cycle of being healed, okay? When we're on the journey of healing, we're focused on forgetting. When we're living in the pathway of healed, we're focused on remembrance. With this remembrance, we have the ability to create infinite life, infinite life. So this is also a reason why healed, being healed, tapping into and subscribing into the reality of being healed is not something that's widely spread. Because if, I mean, everyone is tapping into a reality right now. All of us, you guys are on this live right now, you're tapped into my reality, you're tapped into a reality within you that's, that's in magnetism and alignment with what I'm in. Another person that is watching another reality, they're tapped into that. So everyone is moving into, it's almost like we have this one big reality channel, or rather I should say TV. Earth is this one TV, and everyone on Earth is a different channel. It's a different channel of, of, of that, that's being held in this TV. Sometimes you catch people and they're watching the same show as you, and other times people are watching something completely fucking different. But that in itself just shows you the power that you can literally 
go like this and change the channel and tap into a different reality. It's not delusional. It's not like, oh my gosh, this person is crazy. They're not living in reality. What is real? What reality should I live in? That's the question we should be asking. Not if I'm living in reality. It's what reality am I living in? I have mag. I have infinite possible channels that I can tap into. Infinite. And yet we only tap into the same ones that society has deemed safe. It's almost like if you say that you believe in, I mean, vaccines is like a really big thing, right? Oh my gosh, I believe in this part of this. And then I don't believe in this. It's like those are the only two questions or, or, or those are the only two um like sides to be on sides or those are the only two conversations to have or those are the only two realities to like check into it cannot be guys it it's in it's actually impossible that those are the only two possibilities when you hold infinite like you don't even have to be religious or believe in god or want to talk about god to understand the infinitesimal amount of possibilities I mean, science acknowledges this. If you're like more of a science person and, and not so much God, religion, spirituality, science acknowledges that there are infinite portals within our one portal. There are infinite portals within the universal portal that we even can speak of. So to move about our day and have the majority of our world all tapped into one reality and that one, re and the ironic thing about it is that this could actually be a gift. Everyone tapping into one reality, everyone kind of like being in one foundational truth and like moving towards a common goal that really uplifts and ascends people. Like that could be so beautiful. But what we're seeing in our collective is that we have the capacity and the, and, and the power and the attention to tap into a reality where people are suffering and dying and, and, and hungry and poor and sick. Like we would rather collectively add our own energy to keep on feeding into that reality than to be so unafraid, to be so courageous, to stand in a new reality, even when other people are making fun of you, even when other people can't see what you're doing clearly, even when other people are questioning you and are throwing rocks at you and are throwing tomatoes at you, instead of staying, instead of holding the pose in that reality and say that my energy is greater used here than it is used over there. That is not negating what the other person is going through because negating what the other person is going through is not gonna wanna make them move from there to here. We've already seen that, it doesn't work, right? But we're also not going to sympathize in such a way that we allow them to live in the victim consciousness of not being healed. There is a difference between being a victim and there's a difference between living in victim consciousness. Being a victim is that, yes, that bad thing did happen to you. I affirm that reality did happen to you. You couldn't do anything about it. All of your kind of um, powers at B were stripped away in that moment of time, and that thing did happen to you. Being in victim consciousness is reliving that moment over and over and over and over again 
past the moment where all of your powers were stripped from you in that moment. And that's what we tend to do, and we call it trauma. It, it now has a word, it has a whole. There are people that, are, that have dedicated their lives to studying this cycle that lives on this side, this, this victim consciousness where people feel so trapped that they actually cannot breathe another breath to move out of it. And I'm so thankful for these people that are studying here, but I would also really want to invite these people to hold the people that they are helping and supporting as healed because of all the, the, the years that have passed from the moment that they had this traumatic experience, they moved into a state of receiving their power back, having their power back. It wasn't from the moment that the victim incident happened to this to, to living in victim consciousness that they never received their power back. They did. They were God. They were they, they were God in, in inside of all of it. And everything that we're talking about today is going to stretch you. It is going to stretch your capacity to be open. It's going to stretch your mind. It's going to stretch your heart. It's going to stretch everything you think you know. And I would just invite you to meet that edge. Don't tap out. Don't leave. Don't tap out. Don't, don't, because if you're here, if you're even here right now, there's a part of you that wants to be on the other side of this. This is not a conversation for the faint of heart. This is, this is why this is not a conversation that we have in our mainstream every day. Okay. I'm coming to you with extraterrestrial perspectives. Because I know that each of us have the capacity to hold all of these multiple truths. And guess what? Our collective North Node is in Gemini. And Gemini is the powerhouse of holding multiple truths, holding multiple perspectives as true, holding multiple portals open, holding multiple and infinite possibilities. So if you feel yourself starting to get squeamish, if you feel your traumas or your triggers or whatever starting to come up know that I also felt it too like this is not the first time I'm coming like this is not the first time I'm feeling this and then coming to talk to you about it. I've been moving through this in my own quiet space and like rejecting a lot of these things um and every time I reject it I just ask the God within like why like how is it that that that's possible how is it that you're telling me that that's true because ultimately what I'm saying to you, it, it doesn't matter. You have to go with this information and dive into it on your own. I am just giving you like a billboard. I'm just giving you a billboard, right? I'm throwing a bunch of stuff at you. Take whatever resonates. If you're not in the space to receive the full spectrum of what is being given right now, come back. Come back in five years. Come back in three months and rewatch it. And I bet you something else will have opened up because remember, I'm giving you what I have been chewing on for months and years, okay? In like a very short condensed time frame. So we're all meeting each other at different points in our soul journey at different, but we all have to also agree that you're coming here on this topic, on this day. You said no to a bunch of other things to say yes to this moment right now. So if you're here and you're feeling stretched and you're feeling like, what the fuck is she talking about? I have trauma and I don't feel powerful and I don't feel healed. Ask yourself, why am I here? 
That's all you need to ask yourself. You don't need to receive anything that I'm saying as true. You just need to ask yourself, why am I here? Why? Why am I sitting right here listening to this? Why am I sitting right here watching this? That's all you need to ask yourself and the answer will be revealed to you. I don't have the answer. I just have a bunch of questions for you. I did see a question though. I wanna um, take a pause and scroll up for a second. Um, yes, Rochelle said the empath healed is what this world needs. Absolutely. The empath healed is like the warrior of light. It's like the person that can go into the battlefields of the world knowing that they can literally just be in a room and darkness, evil, whatever you want to call it, will just escape. But the empath unhealed is the kind of person that's like, oh, I feel all these things. I have to be away from it. Then what good are you to be able to tap into these intuitive gifts of knowing where your power is needed and then not go there? The chase imbues our lives with meaning when in fact the human ego doesn't survive. Exactly. Linear God is a God that is unreachable, completely separate, something that you look up on like a space that you cannot reach. Yes. Yes, her awakening. I mean, you will never reach the linear God and this is why it was put into place. It's this lifelong rat race. And I believe in incarnation, reincarnation. Um, I believe that we will come back as many times as we need. If you want to get a, 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 a deeper and like heavier steep into reincarnation, I highly recommend reading or listening to Many Lives, Many Masters. Um, it is a very clean, clear book about reincarnation in our everyday life. Um, it's not spiritual or like godly or woo-woo. It's, it's written by a psychiatric doctor, um, like actual doctor that, you know, uh, studied psychology and all these different things. So I really recommend that. That's many lives, many masters. But the reason why um, linear God was put into place is because whiteness consciousness knew that this is a trap that would entrap many people from ever taking their power back. Because if you spend your whole life believing that you are unworthy, you will do, say, and be everything to match that unworthiness. And you will pay, you will eat, you will fall into deep depression. Like all, if you guys can imagine all of the energies that move, like we can talk about big pharma, we can talk about um, food, we can talk about um, wellness, we can talk about money, we can, anything that you, that, that, that we all touch every single day is feeding into the nucleus of the linear God. The linear God that was constructed, I was talking to Alex, Alex is my husband, if, if you guys don't know that, um, and Alex went to a Christian school, Alex was raised Christian evangelical his entire life, and he knows a great deal about the Bible and um, its inherency. And when we talk about linear God, we, what we're really talking about was it, it is, is the man-made religion. A lot of people are so put off by the word God and that's the reason why I use it because I know that it's such a, it's such a one-two punch. 
But the Bible was written and rewritten many, many, many times. Many times. That's what people don't realize. People actually believe that the Bible that they're reading today is the original text. And it is not. We have to understand that these channel text, whether they're Bible, the Quran, anything, are not free of error. They were channeled by human beings who were tapped into and subscribed to certain realities. So there may be parts in these spiritual texts that you go into and you feel so connected to. And then there are parts that were written in to control the masses because there is no stronger way to control people than mass propaganda. That's, that is just the, that's the biggest way. Why do you think we have news? The news does not inform us. The, the news does not inform us. We can stay critically informed just by talking to your neighbor, just, just by, the, the news does not inform us. The news, exactly, Amy, the news is PR for mass propaganda. How do we get this misinformation out in the fastest way possible to spread fear and hatred amongst the masses so that they can continue to live in this hierarchy of linear God? And something that has to be held true is that if you also grew up um, Christian or reading the Bible and I'm going to read a question that I got and I really want to talk about it with you guys um, is that um, hold on I just lost my turn of thought reading you guys' comments <laughs> yes all of it all of it all of it I, I gotta look over here um yeah, so the reason why I, I bring up the, the Bible and I, and I bring up Alex is because whenever, we, whenever we're talking about these things um, just with ourselves or with people that we really trust with this information, because it's not something that you can talk to everyone about, right? Um, we bring up the fact that people that are like staunch Christians, I love them deeply, you know, but they, it, it, their identity is rooted in the Bible that they read every single day. Um, and they do not believe, or, or rather, they believe that the Bible is inherent. Meaning, like, they don't believe that anything that could come from God has error, or um, incorrectness, or mistakes, or misalignments. And so they are truly reading these spiritual texts as if God was the one saying it to them. So... When you're, when, when you're talking to someone like that or when, when you've been programmed, because we all have been. Like, I didn't grow up evangelical or, like, very Christian. Like, my dad grew up Catholic. My mom did, too. Um, we went to church, you know, here and there. But it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, you can't not, like, you can't believe in nothing else but this. Um, I didn't grow up that way. And so that kind of released me to see a bunch of other capacities and things of the world, other beliefs, other religions, other ways of being. But I see so deeply that, that the biggest shackle really lives in Christianity because 
Christianity or or what people deem today as Christian religion is actually a worship of a man, Jesus Christ. And funnily enough, when you listen or read the Law of One, which is channeled by Ra, the messenger of one, they talk about Jesus and they talk about um, what his purpose was to come to the world. And they actually say, like, he's not this incredibly ascended master that we all think that he is. He is the highest octave of 4D moving into 5D. And the people that, or, or I'm sorry, the people, the entity that is channeling the law of one are six dimensional beings, right? So they're saying that these people that come to your planet and you idolize them and you create religions around them, they are literally like maybe one or two dimensions above your third dimensional mass consciousness. And to even like realize that, to realize that Jesus the man and his consciousness that he brought to this planet to dispute this linear God actually was created and lumped in with the linear God that we now call Christianity. When we talk about Christ consciousness, I was talking to Vanessa um, about this. When we talk about Christ consciousness, Christ consciousness has been on this planet far be far before Jesus Christ the man ever arrived. And Christ consciousness will still be here even after we're all gone. So it is not one man that came and created a, a, uh, a religion that we have to follow and, and worship. Because worship means that we're putting ourselves beneath something in order to exalt something else. And devotion means that we are in equal relationship with it. And Jesus, the man, always talked about being in devotion, being in devotion to yourself, being in devotion to your neighbor, being in devotion to your community, that the kingdom itself, this heaven that everyone believes that they will ascend to when they die is within. You're literally walking around with heaven inside of you, praying that when you die, you will go to a heaven that's outside of you. And this is the mass propaganda that keeps us enslaved in the continuous cycle of healing. Because healing means that we have forgotten our true identity as God, meaning that we have everything inside of us to heal. That's not to say that we don't forget. That's not to say that we don't need other people as reminders, as signposts, as, as, as things of remembrance. That's not to say that. But once you see that remembrance, when you see that person, you don't need to worship them. You can now say, thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Let me go back into my own temple and commune with the God that is inside of me so that I can express that God. And when we express that God, we call it purpose. <laughs> How ironic. We, it's like this massive thing that's happening inside of, and inside of us, we dwindle it down and we just call it purpose. We just say, I'm in my purpose. When you're in your purpose, you're expressing the God within. That's actually what's happening. You have been reminded of all of these ways that you forgot who you are. Maybe you've taken a training. Maybe you've 
you know, read a book or you listened to a podcast or you listened to a piece of music that just inspired you and just reminded you, wow, whoa, oh my God, all this fucking power that I have inside of me. Whoa, I need to express it. I need to create something. I need to write a book. I need to teach it. I need to paint. I need to draw. I need to make food. I need to, and then we call it our purpose because our purpose is literally just God's pulse being expressed through this meat soup, through this physical vessel that is the physical vessel is what allows you to create things in this 3d reality that's all it's doing there's no need to worship it there's no need to like there's no need to exalt it the only thing that we have been called to do with our bodies is to live in devotion to it when we live in devotion to it we can practice what i call is self-love my definition of self-love is reverentially listening trusting and acting on that which you heard and protecting it all when you are only listening to what is coming from inside of you there's nothing else there is nothing else and that is the fear that we don't want to get to we don't want to get to the end of the rope we don't want to get to the end we just we just, we don't want to get to this feeling right now, right here where there's nothing to do, there's nothing to find, there's nothing to read, there's nothing to learn. We're just, we just sit here. We just sit here. We're just sitting here. We're just sitting. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. This is the biggest fear of our collective consciousness. This moment right here, where you can hear a pin drop, where it's all of God and none of God, all happening at the same time. This is the fear that we're all running away from. So we choose to be distracted. We choose, we're like, I want to do this and I want to do that and I got to find my purpose and I got to find my this and I got to heal and I got to do this. And then we die and then we go to this like void space. <laughs> if you've read many, many lives, many masters, you know what I'm talking about. You die, then you go into this black space and you, and you like, you, you review the last life you just lived and you're like, I want to go do it again. Then you come back down and you're like, and I want to do this and I want to do I laugh because it's funny. Like, what the fuck? That's fucking hilarious. That, 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 that pulse of beauty, that nothingness is the thing that we fight so hard to leave. And in that place, like, there is no identity. Like, in that place, there is no, I'm God. I'm not God. I'm rich. I am not rich. I am poor. I am not poor. There, there isn't that. And because we have this fixation, it's literally like an oral fixation to identify as something. To identify as something. When we come to the end of, there's no more identifications. There's no more titles. There's no more anything we haul ass in the other, in the opposite direction. And it's okay, it's not a big fucking deal. Like it's, 
So you're not, I'm not wrong for doing it. You're not wrong for doing it. I always say God is in the gutter. God is everywhere. This energy, this omni, omni, like omnipotent, omnipresent, it is everywhere. You, you can't get, you cannot get away from it. So like you think that, oh, I don't want to talk about God or I don't like God. Good. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Even when you deny yourself, you are still yourself. So deny away. Like you, you can absolutely use your energy that way. Even when you deny yourself, you are still yourself. There's nowhere to go. Where are you going to go? There's nowhere. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to arrive at. There's no running. You can run, you can keep yourself distracted, you can do all the things that you wanna do, but there you will always be. And in that state of acceptance of that, that is my definition of being healed. That's it. You're in acceptance of what is. You're just in acceptance of it. You're not judging it, you're not saying that because I accept this, I am good or I am bad or they are good or they're bad. You're just accepting. It just is. God accepts you as you are. I accept God as it's as, as it is. I don't have any qualms with the way that God created life. I don't I I don't have any qualms with it. When people talk about like injustices and 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 all these different things, I have no qualms about looking at life and saying that is an injustice and I am going to use the power that I can to shift that injustice the problem is is when we see injustice and then we begin to identify as the injustice this this is going back to like the victim consciousness and we forget that we actually have the power to mutate this injustice into something else this is why I'm always such a I feel like I'm such a word stickler because when people say that they're that they're doing anti-racist work, you're not fucking doing anti-racist work. You're part of you're part of racism now. That this whole nucleus has enveloped you. You're not fucking doing anti-racist work. You just it's not possible. You cannot go into a place that is completely dingy and dirty and expect to come out clean if you are not going in there to clean it. If you really are doing anti-racist work and you go into this space that is clearly filled with dust and debris and judgment and mishap and rape and pillaging and all these things and you say, I am going to war into this, you will not, you, you, you will, it will just eat you up. It will, it will slurp your ass up and that's exactly what's happening. This is why we're not seeing any change. This, or the change that we are seeing is very minimal, very minimal, very minimal. When you go into these spaces and you say, I am here for black liberation, you know what happens? Fucking shit flees. Because they don't know, that energy doesn't know what to do with black liberation. It knows what to do with anti-racism. It's been feeding on it for years, hundreds, thousands, millions of years. So you coming in there with your one little person thinking like, oh, I'm about to fuck shit up. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. 
This is why we're in the state of the world that we're in. And if we bring it to the wellness space, if this space is gorging on people that are sick, gorging, like it, it's, it's, so, it's so full. It cannot take one more drop. And here you come in the space feeling like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm really gonna remind people about something. And you're not in a place of you are healed, you will be eaten alive. Eaten alive. <laughs> and I only know this because when I came into this space, in, into the wellness space, I was like, oh, this feels so weird. Like, why are all these people standing in line to like get something that they think that they don't have? And it wasn't until the more that I steeped in this energy and I was trying to fight it with its own, with what it likes to eat. Now I just say, you're healed. You're God. You're sovereign. People look at me all the time like I'm, Jazz, you, you're not okay. And I say, that's okay. I'm okay. And I want you to be okay too. So I'm going to stand over here and I'm going to hold the pose that you are healed. Even when you ask me about why you're not. Even when you try to tell me that you're not, I'm gonna hold the pose that you are because that is the gift of Gene Key 38. That is the gift of my son. That is the gift of my incarnation cross. This is why I came here. I came here to hold the pose, to hold the pose so that you do not remain victim to mass propaganda. That doesn't mean that you don't forget. But my job is to remind you, remind you through these lives, remind you through my podcast, remind you through just looking at me, remind you through laughs, remind you, reminding you through just random fucking shit. Like it doesn't, it doesn't even matter the expression of the remembrance. My new identity is I am a presence of remembrance. I'm a presence of remembrance. You can call me human design this, you can call me coach, you can call me this, you can, uh, whatever. Whatever fits, fits good for you. But the God within t told me, Jazz, you are a presence of remembrance. And sometimes people don't want to remember things that they've forgotten. They don't, I don't. I don't, I, I don't, even in my human incarnation, I don't want to remember parts of myself that I have forgotten that are exalted, that are high, that are blissful, that are abundant, that are full, that are whole, magnetic, magnanimous, omnipotent, omnipresent. And it's not, and it's not that I'm leaving my current reality to be these things. I am these things inside of my current reality. We're not going anywhere. Remember I said there's nowhere to go. So being healed doesn't mean that like, oh my God, my surroundings are these, is, is this vacation place that like nothing bad ever happens and, and nothing ever goes wrong and, and I don't ever feel, you know, pangs of hunger. It's what happens when I feel those pangs of hunger. How do I remind myself? How do I remind myself that I'm always full? Why don't you want to remember? Joshua said, why don't you want to remember? Because remembering 
would force me into responsibility. Remembrance would force me into a deeper than life giving responsibility. And responsibility is true discipleship. The word discipline comes from disciple, disciple, being one that follows the truth. A disciple, a student, a learner, a teacher. Ra, Ra Law of One always says, they always use words like teach, learn, learn, teach. Love, light, light, love. Because it's, it's both energies. Teach, learn is the person that's the teacher, but also learning. Learn, teach is the person that's the student, but is still giving something to the teacher. Teach, learn, learn, teach. Light, love, love, light. Everything, everything always has to be in balance. So when we remember, we're in responsibility. When we're in responsibility, we remember. Those are the two, the two sides of it. What would happen if you took full fucking fledged responsibility for your life? You can't blame anybody. You go through one full day, all the things that happened to you, all the mishaps, all the perceived good and bad, and you went through your whole life and you said, I am that too. I am that too. I'm that person too. I created that. I did that. Whoa, I did that. Whoa, I created that. That's kind of cool. That one was, uh, you know, a, a little bit shaky. Yes, Victory said Radic radically accountable. This is not to say we don't ask for help. This is not to say that our mistakes are sinful. Like all of these, like we can hold, guys, we are so large that we can hold multiple truths as at one time. We can be in remembrance and be in deep fear of taking responsibility of that remembrance. We can be in deep responsibility and lose the playfulness of what it means to just remember. Those things can happen and it still doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you sinful. It doesn't make you like, it, it, it doesn't mean you're not gonna go to heaven. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't, like all of those, those are lies. Those are lies. And yesterday when I went to go have my auric, my, my, my auric field photograph, one of the things that um, Sarah told me was that you have a bit of sheen of fear here on your forehead. <laughs> and I thought, it was, I thought it was so funny because, oh, I wish I, and you know, something told me to bring that picture up here so I could show it to you guys and I, and I didn't listen. Um, but if I could show you the, the photo that, that picked up my aura, she said, you know, she was giving me like the reading and everything. She said, you have a very powerful aura. It's connected to everything that is. And I feel that I really, I really do. I feel so connected to like realms and portals and people of past, present and future timelines. I feel that so deeply. She said, and you have a bit of fear sheen on your forehead. <laughs> so it's not that big of a fucking deal. <laughs> you can literally be God and still have a bit of 
fear sheen on your forehead. Like, do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Jesus himself even said, Father God, take this from me because I don't think I can handle it. I don't think I can go up on this cross and be killed in front of all these people and all these people's sins will be forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. Like, Jesus asked that because remember, the humble messenger of one, Ra, said that Jesus was just a fourth dimensional being, the highest octave of a fourth dimensional being. Okay, and if, if, we, if we think you know, maybe there's nine dimensions or 118 dimensions. I, I don't even know. Like Jesus was only an octave higher than us, maybe like seven octaves up and then one whole dimension up. But it's not if, if, if this man is coming down into our portal to say, Hey guys, you know, yeah, it's a lot sometimes being a human um, yeah, some people are going to talk shit about you. Yeah, some people are going to think that you're sick and you're this and you're that. But you can still ascend to whatever heavenly body and realm you want to. Even with death. Even with loss of body. Even with whatever they try to bring on you. It's a lot for a reason. And it's a perceived a lot. It's not a lot in a quantifiable, measurable, weightable way. It's a perceived a lot. And I say perceived because we have to remember that we have this like veil over us. As soon as we got here, we, we have a veil. And the veil is making things heavier. It's making things tighter. It's making things um, hotter, colder. It's, it's duality. It's the veil of duality. So when we move into these places and our, and our innocence has been snatched from us through, um, you know, uh, uh, sexual mistreatment or physical abuse or mental abuse or spiritual abuse, when our innocence is stripped from us, the duality, the pain of it is so deep. The pain of it is so heavy. It locks us down. It literally makes us so weighted down like a paperweight that we can't, we cannot, it feels like we cannot just get up and fly away. And then it makes us forget. That weight makes us forget. And the more that we forget, the less responsibility we, t we take. And this isn't a tit for tat thing. I feel like I, I always have to give, I always have to give explanations to the nuance of this conversation. This is a very deeply layered, nuanced conversation. When you take responsibility for your life, that doesn't mean you're saying I can do it all. You're saying that what I do do, I am clearly aware of. And if I'm not aware of it in the moment that I'm doing it, I pray that someone in my fractal family makes me lovingly aware, calls me in and say, oh, you know, you moved in this way and this is how it affected me and you and, and our collective. And you say, wow, I did move in that way. And how can I remember to move in a way that is now in support of myself first, you second, and my collective third? 
that's what we mean by taking responsibility. We're not going to get all up in our, and oh, I'm guilty, I'm a bad person, I'm a, that's more forgetting. That's more forgetting, less responsibility, less remembrance. We want to just be in a place of remembrance. You can still be hurting. Someone did something devastating to you. You can still be hurting from that. And you can take deep responsibility to remember your true identity as God. Both hold as true. Both hold as true. This person could have still hurt you. And you can jump timelines into a dimension portal where you are fully healed from them. I want to um, share a couple of really thought-provoking questions that I got, and I just felt like, wow, we we gotta share this. We got I gotta share this with you guys, okay? Um, I think we talked about already how healing is a white-centered concept, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you. Someone sent me, healing is a white-centered concept. Wellness is a capitalist concept. I tried to put my finger on why I've never liked these spaces beyond the obvious. I'm the only brown person here, but your post was it. Let's take all of these practices, yoga, meditation, Ayurveda, that people are designed to be, that people designed to be a part of life. And let's market it as a tool that you need in order to be well. So we are now moving. I can feel it. I can, just by me talking about it, just by me holding this pose, I can feel that we are moving into a place of daily rituals that are not necessity to our healing, but our vibrational foundations of our continued remembrance that we are healed. We don't get up and do yoga because we're hurting. We don't get up and practice tongue scraping or oil pulling because our teeth are gonna fall out. That's not why we're doing it anymore. We're doing it in devotion. We're doing it in devotion to continue to cultivate the foundation that we are building that we are healed. And if someone is healed, they don't continue to seek healing. They are healed. They stabilize that vibration. They stabilize them being healed. They don't go off into endless searching for more healing because they are actively whole. And this is not to negate because remember I said this at the, be at the very beginning of our talk together is that everyone is on a different journey in their soul evolution. So where you are at right now, you have to remember and keep on asking yourself, in this, in this part of life, am I already healed and whole? Or do I need remembrance and expansion of that remembrance healing? Right? So we're not, we're not going to change it to, um, I'm sorry, we're not going to keep using the word healing. We're going to say, do I need remembrance in this? Do I, need, do I need a little bit more of remembrance in this, in this aspect, okay? I'm not here to tell you that, like, if you go and you seek a teacher or you do this, then, like, you're not healed. 
do that to my words, okay? <laughs> because I, I can I can just I can feel I can feel it just being like, well, Jazz said that if you don't do this and you're not healed. No, guys. What I'm saying is that everyone has to ask themselves, hi Brooke. Everyone has to ask themselves in this particular ooh, season energy that I'm like moving through this thing, this energy that's like moving through me. Do I need more remembrance of who I am and how I can show up in this way? If that's the case, then universe and all that there is, please align me with the people of my highest good so that I can remember who I am when I talk about these things, when I talk about God, when I talk about food, when I talk about the love of my body, when I talk about my relationships, when I talk about my kids, when I talk about my dreams and my desires. Put someone in front of me that will show me remembrance, that will show me responsibility, that will show me how I can deeply cultivate this foundation for being whole i'm not i'm i'm done with healing i am done i'm done with feeding linear god i'm done with feeding capitalism i'm done with feeding these 10k months and these six figure years i'm done i am done feeding that i want to be wealthy show me remembrance of wealth in the cleanest when I say cleanest, I mean, I'm talking about clean money now. Clean money, the money that just moves through me. It comes to me and it moves out of me and I can share it with people. It's just in and out, in and out, in and out. Show me, show me. I always, one of the things I say all the time is I'm open. I'm open. Instead of I don't know, I just say I'm open. I'm open. I never say I don't know anymore because that's incorrect. That's, that's not true. I do know. I've just forgotten. So I'm open. I'm open to seeing. I'm open to remembering. Show me. Show me. You, you can even just say show me instead of I don't know. Show me. Show me. Show me. Show me. Show me. Show me how. Show me who. Show me what. Where should I look? Show me. Like that is that should just be everyone's fucking mantra. There would be no fights if people say like, oh, you did this wrong. Show me. Show me more. Show, show me how you think I did this wrong. I don't need to hold on so deeply to my stance. Show me more. I can receive more. I have more space to see more, more. This is consciousness. This is God consciousness is just show me, envelop me, like put me in a deep sense of rapture to feel all the things that God feels. Because you guys are like, I feel like everyone thinks that God doesn't feel sadness or doesn't feel victimization or doesn't feel murder or doesn't feel rape or doesn't feel these things that we like feel as humans it, it, it's so bizarre to me that like if you if you believe that god created you and god created this whole world and this whole universe then would it be so far-fetched to say that god created all of the things that you deem are diabolical and satanistic and evil and shadowed and not a part of who you are. That's a lie. You are all those things. You are the rape. You are the racism. You are the pillaging. You are the theft. You are the consumerism. You are the capitalism. You are all of those things. And the more we run from that, 
the harder it's going to be to collectively ascend. I am so sick and tired of people talking about, oh, let's ascend to, uh, I, I'm ascended to 4D or I'm ascended to 8D. I'm like, you're not fucking ascended anywhere. You're not. Because guess what? If you're still in a human body, you're still on planet Earth, your dimension is 3D. That is your dimension. Whether you are ascended in your private life, good fucking, good for you. But collectively, you're not anywhere until everyone is ascended. And the only way that everyone will be ascended, everyone, even the rapists, even all these people that we're condemning and pushing out, is if we accept the godness within them. I'm not saying accept their behavior. I'm not saying accept their words. I'm not saying accept what they do. I'm saying accept the God that is within them. If you cannot do that, if you watch the news and you see somebody that's like getting arrested for killing another person and you're like, yeah, they fucking deserve to go to jail. They did this. And you're not saying I am that too. What are you doing? What's the point of being in the spiritual space? What's the point of, of, what's the point of you having so much privilege to spend so much time steeping in this energy, steeping in your meditation practice, steeping in your, in your rituals to not go into these places and be an example, to sit next to the rowdy crowd who are moving from this third dimensional space and say, Hey guys, that could be any one of us. That could be any one of us right there. Just, 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 just one blink of an eye and the shadow within me could come out and kill you. I am that too. I am that. I am that person that, that hit that person. I am that person that said that thing. I am these things. This is Christ consciousness. This, that energy of I am that too is Christ consciousness because God is those things too. God is the murderer. God is in the gutter. God is in the gutter. If you think that God is only in the seventh <laughs> I don't even mean to laugh, but like at this point, it's a joke. If you think that God is waiting for you in heaven on this chair or this throne that's going to throw you a party because you tithed and you meditated and you were a vegan, fuck off. Are you like, it's not okay. (laughs) It's not okay. It's not okay anymore. Okay. It's not, it's just not. (laughs) And it's, it's fucking laughable. Like I have to, I have to laugh because it's just. What else are you supposed to do? <laughs> yes, Shay said, this is true shadow accountability work. This is true work. And the reason why a lot of people aren't doing it is because we actually don't need, the funny thing is we don't need a shit ton of people doing this type of work. We just need like a handful of people. And if those handful of people just hold the pose, the, the, um, the beam, the tractor beam that you express out into the world just pulls it just pulls people in like we don't need a billion people a million people we we really don't that's actually the number in the bible where it says 144,000 that's all we need that's all we need 
It's not 144,000 chosen people. It's the energy of 100, only 144,000 people need to be in a civic state for the rest of the world to collapse into a higher dimension. That's it. That's it. Like, it, I, I'm, I am not expecting to like ever share this message with millions of people. I, I would be fucking shocked if the universe aligned my path in a way to like speak to millions of people in this way. Because I don't actually think that millions of people need to hear this. I think there are only a few hundred thousand that need to really sit, marinate, allow it to penetrate them, to then go out into their communities and activate their communities in such a silent way that their communities don't even know that they're being activated. It's not even like... To me, it's not even a big deal like that. It doesn't need to be one of these like, oh my gosh, come to Jesus moments. Doesn't even need to be that. It's often mistaken as victim blaming. Oh, Shay, what do you mean by that? What's often mistaken as victim blaming? I would love to get into that. Yes, Vic. So if you're activated, if you're activated by anything that I'm saying right now, then that means that it's your job to like hold that vortex. Yes, hold that vortex open. It's almost like a black hole. Wherever you go, things are just, they're just coming through you. And guess what? When they're coming through you, because you're holding this, this amount of power, it's just so powerful. It mutates, it mutates for you. You don't actually have to do anything. You just have to stand there. You just have to stand there open. Your vortex just needs to be open because you're so protected, you're aware, you're, you're doing your daily rituals in devotion to self that your vortex, wherever you just stand, one of the things I would say is that people are just healed in my presence. People are just reminded in my, people are made whole and wealthy in my presence. I don't even need to say anything to you. I don't need to coach you. I don't need to teach you anything. Just stand next to me. Just stand. Just, just, just look at me. Just look at me. <laughs> just look at me and you're healed. <laughs> How fun. Like, how fun, how fun, luxurious is that? People just stand next to you. They just say your name. And this is what Jesus was talking about. When the, when, when the person came and Jesus was standing in the middle and all these people were standing around Jesus and, and they're like reaching for healing energy and then they go down and they're like, oh my gosh, maybe I can get to Jesus this way. And they just touch the edge of his tattered robe that's on the ground and they're healed. They just touched it. They just, oh, I, I didn't even get to see Jesus' face. I, I didn't, he didn't even put his hands on me. I just touched the robe that was on the ground, this messy, tattered, just dusty ass robe that just takes him from here and there. And that's the thing that healed me. Just being in the presence of this person healed me. Or what about the people in the Bible that came to Jesus and, and they said, the person that wants to be healed can't even get up. They're in bed. They're sick. They're, their body is riddled with sickness and illness. They can't even get up. 
How can I bring them to you to, to be healed? How can I bring them to you, Jesus, to be healed? And Jesus says, go home. They are healed. They don't need to be, they don't even, they don't even need to be. They don't even need to see me. If my focus is on them, they are healed. If my energy is traveling in their direction, they are healed. They don't need to know about me. They don't need to know my name. They don't need to know I ever existed. But it is through my vortex of pushing remembrance to them that they remember their own wholeness, that they healed themselves. I did not, I didn't heal them. I just held the pose to see them in their highest exaltation. And they received that and they healed themselves. They healed themselves through me holding them as whole and healed. So that's everyone's job. <laughs> Channels Jesus. How ironic. <laughs> that your job is to hold people as whole and healed. Not in a way that you're negating what they're going through. But in a way that you're reminding them of their power even within their victimization. I'm going to scroll up to Shay's question because I actually want to talk about this. Victor, um, um, what you said about how people... She said, I have found that when I, talk about, when I talk about taking personal responsibility for the mind and seeing ourselves in all beings, I get a ton of anger projected at me because that is victim shaming. Yes. Yes. Because this goes back to how, how much do you want to remember about yourself? Which is what we were talking about earlier when Joshua asked, like, why would you want, um, why wouldn't you want to remember? Joshua asked, why wouldn't you want to remember? Because if you remembered, you would have to take responsibility. You would have to let that person go. And you would have to take full responsibility for... Because the people that are inside of victim consciousness, technically, they're no longer a victim, right? Because right now in this physical moment, I pray in that physical moment, they are not having their power stripped of them in that physical moment. They are reliving a past moment when their powers were stripped of them, but they've carried that reality and they're living that, that, that time and space, that sliver of time and space every single day. So that reality that they're subscribed to makes them believe that it's happening every single day. This is like the, this, this is when we talk about like, um, PTSD right? PTSD is like you're living, you're reliving this thing over and over and over and over again. Now, if I come to you and I tell you, babe, you're not living that in the present moment right now, you're going to tell me that I'm victim shaming you. But what actually is happening is that I'm defining to you that you were in a place of being a victim in that experience, but it's a victim consciousness that was birthed from that experience that is now following you and overshadowing your every moment and every moment and breath of life. But if you are reminded of that, if you are reminded that 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 victim 
that victimization is a consciousness that's following you, a cloud that's following you that isn't actually the experience of you being a victim. If you're reminded of that, what would have to happen? You would have to move from underneath that cloud and into a life that you have left behind for a long period of time. So you don't know that person anymore. You're gonna have to get reacclimated with the person that's no longer living under the cloud of victim consciousness. And that takes radical responsibility. And this is where community comes in. Because what happens with a newborn? When your baby shoots out of your vagina, or your uterus, I should say, you don't just tell the baby, hey baby, welcome to earth. Figure out how to feed yourself. Figure out how to change your diaper. Figure out how to dress. Figure out these people are dangerous. Figure out how to stay safe when crossing the street. We don't say that to kids. We don't say that to babies. We take care of them in a way that empowers them. So as soon as this person that has been holding on to this victim consciousness comes out of the cloud and into the sun of their new life where they no longer have to hold on to this victim consciousness, they're a baby. They need help. They need support. They need empowering. And this is what happens when we have community around it. When we have community, when we have people saying, wow, you're ready. You're ready to come out from under there. How can I support you? How can I support you in remembering your power so that you don't fall victim to mass propaganda that's telling you that even though this bad thing happened to you, you will always be branded as that thing. You will always be branded as a victim. You will always be branded as someone that was raped. You will always be branded as someone that was, that was stolen from. You will always be branded as this, that, and the other. Yes. Brittany said, I literally felt like a newborn out of my shadow right before the vision. And what happened inside of the vision? It was like, come inside, guys. Come inside. This is what's going to happen, okay? I know that you are feeling just so raw. You just picked off this huge scab on your back. You've been walking around with this huge scab on your heart or 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 your 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 sacral sexual trauma you've been walking around with this sexual trauma from years and years and it's a scab and the scab has hardened and i'm asking you to peel it off and i'm asking you to walk out of it and be held under the sun and know that i'm going to hold you i'm going to hold you if that's my job if that's my calling if my calling is is to hold um, people that, that are moving out of victim consciousness and, and sexual trauma, but that's not my job. That's, that, that's not what I have been called to do, right? I personally, Jasmine, have been called to hold people when they no longer want to identify with something that is not them, when they want to identify as God, when they want to express that identity into the world and call it purpose. That's my job. That's what I'm here to do, right? Exactly, Brittany. We also learned real quick how to hold ourselves through it. Yes, because think about it. When you have kids and they're crawling and they want to walk, they're like holding on to everything. They're like, uh, 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 mommy, I want to walk, I want to walk. And they fall. They fall. They fall because that's just the natural, because obstacles build strength. 
We need obstacles, not suffering, okay? Obstacles, suffering, two different things. Obstacles are things that we use our own magnetic power to find solutions to. Obstacles pull those solutions out of us because without obstacles, we wouldn't want to solve anything. We would just be like, oh, everything's okay. So the reason why everyone in the vision learned really quick was because I gave you a problem, I gave you an obstacle, I said, look in your chart and do this thing. And everyone was like, huh, huh, what do I do? I don't want to do that. I don't like that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it like that. And I said, keep looking. You can do it. You can do it. I believe in you. I'm holding you as powerful. That's what I say to my kids all the time when they were learning to walk. You can do it. Keep trying. Try again. Whenever, whenever Sayla, my daughter, she's a manifestor, she said, Mommy, I can't do this. I say, girl, you can do anything. And she says, I can do it. I can do it. She tries, and the obstacle happens, and she doesn't get it right. She says, Mommy, I can't do it. I can't do it. I say, you can do anything. You can do anything. She said, I can do anything. I can do anything. And she just tries, and she'll try, and she'll try, and she'll try, and she'll do it. And she'll fall down again, she'll do it again. She'll fall down again, she'll do it again. And finally, she won't fall down. She won't fall down, and she'll be, ah, mommy, I did it, I did it. I said, I knew you could do it. I knew you could do it. That is the job of the person that's holding the remembrance. Not to fall into the other person that believes that they can't do it because then we have two people holding the pose for that it can't be done. We don't need two people. We need one person with magnanimous strength to hold the pose for her. She doesn't need me telling her all the reasons why she can't do it. And if she needs help, I ask her, do you need help? And then she said, no, I can do it. Oh, okay, well, a second ago, you just told me that you couldn't do it, and now all of a sudden you don't need my help. So clearly, there's something within you that's been activated that's saying that you can do it. Exactly, Vic, that's God. That's the God that's being remembered inside of her that's saying, wait a minute, my mom just told me I could do this. She told me more than once. She told me three times, even when I was fighting her, even when I was telling her I can't do it, even when I was having my tantrum and saying that it's not possible for me to do that thing. She was still holding, for, she was still holding the pose for me and still telling me that I can do it, 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 that I can do it. And then she asked me for help. And then all of a sudden I said, no, I, I don't want her help. Oh my God, does that mean that... that that I can do it? Ah, that means that I can do it. Okay, let me try. Let me try. Let me try. So for you, Shay, I feel like you are a powerhouse, a lighthouse of remembrance for millions of people who want to be rem reminded. That's why they're in your presence. But now... I feel like you're being called to a deeper activation of that vortex opening. Doesn't matter if you're anger with, angry with me. It doesn't matter if you wanna throw a tantrum that I'm victim blaming or that I'm victim shaming or that I'm doing this or that. Keep, remember the vortex pulls it all in and mutates it. It alchemizes it. You don't even have to do it. You don't even have to respond. You don't even have to do anything. Because if your stance is so clear that I'm not victim shaming you, I'm reminding you, I am reminding you of your divinity. I am reminding you of your power. I am reminding you that no one gets to hold you in contempt other than yourself. 
And if you don't want to be reminded of that, there is a big fat X sign, top right corner of this live. There is an unfollow button. There's even a block button. How about that? Use one of those three options and find yourself a place that wants to keep you in forgetfulness because this place is not it. This is a temple of devotion. And if you don't want to be in the temple of devotion, free will has been adjusted for you to choose where you would like to be. Because whatever you think you're giving me from being here, I can give myself tenfold. And that's where we really have to be. That's just it. <laughs> that's just really where we have to be. Like, whatever this person thinks that they're giving me, like, let's, let's be real clear, okay? I'm giving you something that your soul has asked for, and you're denying yourself that. Free will, my love. Free will is everywhere. Straight from the pluck, you can just, it's abundant, okay? But I'm not going to allow you to disrespect my temple of devotion. <laughs> you just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You are not allowed here in disrespect of what is happening inside of my godliness. Not allowed. And that's just boundaries. Yes, Brayden, come on in. Come in. Okay? You just have to cho choose to be here. And when you no longer need to be in this temple of devotion, you can go to another one. For as many people as there are on the planet, that's as many temples of devotion there are. That's as many realities, as many channels that you can click to watch. That's it. Like, I'm not... I am not... Like I said earlier, I, I would be very, very surprised if I were to speak like this in front of millions of people. I don't foresee it because I don't really, I won't say that. I'm, I'm open. I'm open. I'm open because what I've seen right now is that I have not been given a view or an example of someone who calls in the masses? Shay, and Shay, you're probably on here right now because this is for you. To be an example of someone that calls in the masses into a temple of devotion to say, hey, this, this is what's happening over here in this temple. If you're in it, and I'm just gonna, and all I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna keep inviting you. I'm just going to keep inviting you. That's it. That's all. Isn't that all that we can do? Isn't that all Christ consciousness God does with us every day? It just keeps in, it, it just keeps inviting us. It just says, would you, come on, here's another chance. Would, would you like this or would you like this? Would you like this one or would you like this one? <laughs> My daughter says that to me all the time. Mommy, which, which one do you like? Which one do you like? You like this one or you like this one? Whenever I tell her I like it all, she says, no, you got to pick one. <laughs> so which one would you like, right? That, that's what God's telling us all the time. Which one, which, one, which one would you like? Yes, 
the aqua bearer says why why we see signs every day exactly signs are just invitations they're just invitations it's just like would you like this today would you like this because they cannot break the law of free will it's not it's not possible there are certain laws in the universe to keep things in balance and people oftentimes think like oh my gosh i wish they would just do what i do or or i wish they would just think the way that i think or i wish they would just do x y and z but guess what they didn't have free will this out of balance world that you think would not even be remotely as close to being balanced as it is today there is a deep reverential balance that we cannot even measure with the capacity of awareness that we have in this finite body to see how to just to see how balanced things are because of free will when you say yes to jumping on this live with me you're saying no to something else when you say no to this you're saying yes to that it's constant balance, constant balance. And then when we see things that are not in balance, what happens? We have this power within us. We have this, this like, ooh, it's like this sacral energy. Because that, that sacral energy is intimacy with, with God. And it's like, I got to talk about that. I got to say something. I got to stand up for what's right. I got to da 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 Because we can feel that there is an, there, there's an imbalance within that space. I'm going to scroll up just a little bit. Yes, Shay, bring it. Yes, I would love to. Let's do it. Just let me know when. Multiple truths, infinite possibilities, multiple, multiple port portals translates to me as bringing heaven on earth. I love that, Meg. I love that so much. I love that definition. Can signs, my inner voice, lead my heart that I need to leave certain relationships and start new ones that will serve me better? The that question is a sign in itself. Whenever we're like, God, show me a sign. That's a sign. <laughs> the desire for a sign is a sign. The desire for a sign is a sign. Will is what created and sustains all existence. Exactly, Joshua. I love that. Will is what created and sustains all existence. Even in the higher dimensions, free will exists. Um, you guys have to read Law of One. I, I know we're supposed to be having a book club about it, but I'm like listening to so many different things right now. I'm trying to channel clarity on um, Saturn is currently transiting my north node right now. So I am going through like a whole fucking rehaul of like what I'm here to do and how I'm here to deliver it as you can I'm sure you guys can pick up on the energies like I'm no really I'm not really talking about human design anymore um because I'm being pushed by Saturn into something else and now I'm just kind of like showing up and like seeing seeing where I'm supposed to go um and it's an interesting ride Saturn is my like I'm a Capricorn, so it like rules my sign. And I know it always gets a lot of flack about like being this hard ass, like teacher type of like strict energy, but it's discipline energy. And discipline allows you to hear truth. It's discipleship to truth, it's devotion to truth. And if something is no longer working in your favor, then it's time to let it go. 
And so with Saturn transiting my north node, it's like, what are some things that you were doing as part of your purpose um, in that season of life that are no longer in alignment with what you are here to leave a legacy around? Because Capricorn's all about legacy. And um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm here sharing this with you and I hope that this is activating you in the way that you need to. Um, probably not the way that you thought it would, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> Sage said, I said yes to you today and I know that, and I know that has my longing for me to remember my wholeness. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes. The doves cooing in the background is even a sign in this life. Yes. <laughs> you guys can hear it. Multiple truths. I think about how we need every diverse cell in our body. Yes. Our voice is an echo chamber in the universe. Yes. Three white doves flew over me last week, still trying to figure out what that meant for me and my partner. Liz, all you have to do is say, show me. You don't have to figure it out. We don't, we don't have to figure anything out anymore, guys. Like, it just, you don't have to do anything anymore. You just don't. You just do not have to do anything anymore. You can just receive it. Show me. Now that means that you're gonna to have to be a little bit patient because the doing collapses our, you know, collapses the timeline. We no longer have to wait for like divine timing. We can just go and do the thing. But if you don't, if you want to rest and you don't want to do anything anymore, then you have to be, you have to be in a relationship with just waiting. You just gotta wait. Find something to do. Self sabotage. For me, like, finding patience is really not, not sabotaging or not betraying yourself while you wait, right? So if we're waiting, at, like, we, we want a job or something, and, like, we applied, and they're taking, like, three months to, like, write us back and tell us that we got the job or didn't or whatever. True patience, true patience is not sabotaging yourself while you wait because that just is creating suffering while you wait and then we like cancel out patience we cancel out the divinity of patience we cancel out the gifts that patience is giving us maybe we need that time to grow into something to grow into a new perspective to grow into a new way of being into a new way of looking at the world before that job can come into our lives so we really have to like start being more in connection with patience. Patience is getting us ready to receive that thing. But if you're sabotaging yourself while you wait by trying to do the thing before it's time, you're never gonna receive the thing in its fullness and then you're just gonna be fucking mad and suffering and bitter and frustrated and all the not selves of human design all wrapped in one because you're just not allowing yourself to grow, to receive and to hold and to handle and to like hold up all these things. I like last, sometime last year I always said, man, I wanna like speak on stages. I wanna speak to people all over the world. And I realized that like, I, at that time, I couldn't even speak to 70 people on, on a live. Like I couldn't fucking do that. But what I was doing was I was holding my vision. So my, our, our vision right here is like this arc, almost like a halo that's above us and that's holding all of our visions and all of our desires and all of our purpose and all of the things that we want to express into this world and sometimes we like grab it and we're like i want this thing right now 
and you and, and then we go out and we try to make it happen and what happens is that it doesn't happen and then we say that it's not our purpose that's not what's happening. What's happening is that you grabbed it out of time and you went to go try and do it and now you're telling yourself that it's not your purpose anymore. We're not doing that anymore. Just wait. Find something to do while you're waiting. Yes. Tony said, patience allows miracles to blossom too. Yes. How do you know when you don't have to be patient anymore and do, and do the thing you feel called to do but aren't sure when the right time is? This is where authority comes in. This is really where like, we can actually practically use our human design authority. If, you have, if you're tapped into your authority, whatever one of those options are, like sacral or splenic or um, emotional or um, I don't know, the, the, whatever the other one, self-projected and mental projection and lunar authority and ego and <laughs> all the other ones. <laughs> When we're tapped into our, our authority, and this is why I still really love using human design in like my personal life and in my personal work, like, and you'll really only ever hear me teach human design inside of the vision because it's such a sacred space that like, that's where I can teach it. I can't teach it here on, human, on, on Instagram anymore. It's just not safe for, for my translation of it. But when you really uh, tap into your authority, this is what collapses the time. If I, as a sacral being, I'm, I'm meant to have a gut response, I'm, I'm meant to have this, this response in the moment, and I respond in the moment right now, and it's a no, right? It's, it's a topic, let's say someone says like, oh Jazz, um, uh, we want you to write a book on, on this topic, and I say, uh, not right now, or I, or I have a response that's a uh, no, it's a no, it's a no right now, it's a no. Three months later, they're gonna come back and ask me because guess what, my aura is constantly pulling things to me. Three months later, that same request comes back and says, Jasmine, we want you to write a book about this. And all of a sudden, my gut's like, yeah, yeah, I wanna do that thing. Yes, I wanna write that book. Uh-huh, 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 yes, I wanna do that thing. That doesn't mean that the book was incorrect. It means that at that time I was being asked to respond to that opportunity, that was incorrect. The timing was incorrect for all of these things to merge as one to create something that is legacy, lasting, far beyond me. But if I'm not in touch with my authority and, I, and a book deal comes or a book idea comes and it says, oh, write about that book, and I'm feeling pressure, I'm feeling mass propaganda, from all these other outside things and I say yes, I write the book, I have frustration about writing the book, I write the book and it doesn't do well. And then who's mad? Me, not the book. The book's like whatever, I'm gonna go and do other things. So the key is becoming intimate with your authority. Number one, becoming intimate with your strategy because your strategy is really like how, how you know when it's right to decide. <laughs> Gina said, I hope you have enough space on your phone to save this live. I literally, I don't even save it. I just pop it right into IGTV. Um, so your strategy is really what's getting you ready. It, it, it's really what's getting the authority ready to decide. So my strategy as a generator is to respond, right? So after I respond, then I tap into my authority and I say, okay, sacral, we're kind of responding to this idea. Someone is 
Someone's asking us a question about a book. We're intrigued. You've piqued our interest. Hmm. Then you ask me a yes or no question about the book. Would you like to write this book, yes or no? Then my authority is steeping inside of that response. It's steeping inside of that question. And I, all of a sudden I hear, no, no. Ah, oh, you know what? No, not right now. And then I leave it. And I wait. And I know because my aura, which is my type, I know that as a generator, it's magnetic. And it's constantly pulling things to me to respond to. So that doesn't mean that the book, sometimes it can mean that the book is a no, completely no. And sometimes it means that it's a not right now. But my aura will pull back into if, it's, if, if the timing is correct. So that's the best advice I can give for um, how will you know when it's time? Use your authority. That's what your authority is there for. Um, just scrolling. Up. What if you have no authority? Reflectors have authority. It's waiting a lunar month. Thank you, Leanne. Joshua said, like, just because we have the ability to see a manifestation of our God consciousness beyond present time doesn't mean the manifestation is now. Correct, Joshua. Correct. Part of understanding our God will is understanding God's timing. Exactly. And actually, this is the last thing that we'll go into before we end this lovely, sparkly, juicy conversation. I love you guys so much um, for like holding all of our, I feel like everyone that's watching this right now or that will watch this, their vortex is like open and ready. Um, yay, Ashley, yay, I'm so happy. Um, is divine timing okay so we'll, we'll talk about this and then we'll kind of like close out the space so divine timing is a very interesting subject because it allows people to move away from responsibility i'm just gonna pour my tea okay It allows us to move away from responsibility in the sense that we always say, well, God didn't want me to have that. <laughs> oh, that's just it's so sad to me. It's like I have to nervously laugh because I'm so sad. Like if I sit there and think about I'll just start crying because God didn't want you to have it. Okay. Okay. Um, that's not why it's not happening. It's, it's because God didn't want you to have it. It's because there's a part of you that is getting ready to receive it. And for me, the, the way that I, I really see, I see divine timing in such a I'm going to see if I can find the words to, to, to describe it but when we when we look at our our human design chart I'm, I feel like I'm explaining it this way because I think many of us know what a human design chart looks like um, you know what let me just grab let me grab this okay 
So let me just grab it. In, in case you don't, I don't want to make an assumption that we all know. Okay. So this is a human design chart. Okay, so this is the root center and this is the head center up here. Okay, so oftentimes these two centers, I feel like we just got into class. <laughs> oftentimes these two centers, the head and the root, um, are often referred to as uh, pressure centers, pressure centers. Um, whereas, you know, some other centers are known as like uh, energy centers. So like the root is also known as an energy center, sacred, da, da, da. Some other centers are known as awareness centers. Like they, they, they hold multiple jobs. But the head and the root are pressure centers. And these centers pulse on and off. So human design sets, right? And I feel like I've been studying human design for a while now, and there are just some things that it doesn't have the answer for. Sorry, sorry, purists, do not come for me, okay? It's just the truth. This um, modality does not have all the answers. It just, it doesn't. It cannot. It cannot encompass all that God is and all that God has created. It just cannot. So one day, I remember I asked... Um, I was learning about pressure centers and I asked in the class that I was in who or what controls the pressure of these centers who control because everyone always says like the root is the root center is about stress um, if you have it undefined you don't have consistent you don't have a consistent way in handling stress and adrenaline if you have it defined you have a really consistent way in handling stress and, adre and adrenaline and fuel and like that drive energy I have it defined, but I asked, who is it that's like pulsing these centers on and off? Who, who, what, what? Who or what or how, how is it that it just pulses on and off and like we don't have any control over it and it's just kind of doing what it does. Meanwhile, the, the head center up here is the center for inspiration, right? Our crown chakra here is what unites us and connects us to all that is up here floating. Um, um, oh. He calls it the super conscious. I forgot his name right now, Akashic Records. Um, he's very famous for uh, doing Akashic Records, but he channeled a book um, and he talks all about the super consciousness. And the super consciousness kind of lives up here. It's not something we can see, but it's a thing that we like channel music or books or poetry or um, art or ideas, solutions. It's the super consciousness that we're channeling those things from. And so we, if we can see that the uh, head center is almost like a funnel that is channeling just a small bit of the entire consciousness, right? Um, not Richard Rudd, Keneal. Um, he channels Akashic Records. I, it will come to me. I can see his face and everything, but this is what happens when you have a right, right brain, right mind. Yes, Edgar Casey. Thank you, Alex. Um, Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey talks about super consciousness. If you haven't gotten to gotten into his work, I highly, highly recommend. Highly recommend. Um, so I asked, 
and I asked so innocently, like I didn't think that it would be like a big deal. I was like, who is controlling the root? Who's controlling the pressure centers? Like who's telling us it's time to be filled up with adrenaline and go and do this thing and give us the fuel to do this thing. And who's controlling how we intake inspiration from above of these ideas of how we solve solutions. If you can imagine that the root center is very masculine, it's in our doing, it's, it's the adrenaline to do, to go and solve the problem, to go and and, and snatch the baby before the train comes. That's the root center. And then our head center is like, it's like Mozart channeling um, just streams of consciousness. Like you can't even read music and you're writing these like beautiful lyrical pieces. All the, all the one lines wanna know. I know, this, and I'm not even a one line, I'm a three five, but something in me didn't sit right with the, with the way that the information was being given like, Oh, it just pulses on and off. It just, no, no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't just pulse on and off. Something, someone, somewhere is controlling this. Now, if you look at this chart, you can see that the way that I kind of, the way that it was given to me in my brain was that there is something that's happening under here and there's something that's happening above here. And it's a timeline. Hi, Lindsay. It's a timeline, it's a timeline, it's an invisible. Guys, if you're like one of these human design purists, please just click off right now because what I'm about to say is not gonna make you happy, okay? This is my own translation. This is Jasmine's right brain, right mind, three, five translation. If you don't like it, just click off, okay? So below this root center, I imagine that there is a, there's like a wave-like timeline. And this wave-like timeline is encompassing every single person, plant, entity, being, energetic vibration on this planet Earth Gaia. This planet Earth Gaia and all the universe, all the universes that are, that, are, that are infinite next to us. And when everyone is standing in the correct place that they're supposed to be, in that exact moment, blip in time, that's when the pulse goes on. The pulse says, get up, go do this thing. Oh my gosh, the idea just came down. It says, move this way, go drink your water, go do this, go work out. And you don't know why, because the root is like the body. It's like, it's just moving you there. You just, you, whoa, I'm right here. Like, why did I just pour my tea? Why did I just, why am I on the live? Why am I talking to you right now? Why do I have this stream of consciousness coming in right now? Because there's a timeline that every single, it's, I mean, I call it universal harmony. Universal harmony is divine timing. When everyone is standing at their mark, when everyone is standing at the place that they were supposed to be standing at that moment in time, that to me is divine timing. There is a sense of harmony. Like that thief had to be there stealing that person's purse for you to see and for you to be activated into that next thing. I hope that this is making sense because it's the first time that it has come out of my brain and onto words. So that's my definition of divine timing. When there is universal harmony and harmony is not morality. I, wanna, I just wanna clear that. Harmony is not moral. It's not what you think you and I should be harmonious about. It's a higher harmony it's, it's a, we can't even, we can't even 
imagine the type of harmony that God entity has to hold <laughs> in order for everything to breathe in and breathe out, to inhale and exhale, for the trees to sway and for the birds to coo. We can't even fathom holding all of those plates. We're just holding the little plates that we have, you know, in our lives. And, 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 this, and this is what it means, you know, when God created us in its, like, in its likeness is that it's, it, we have capacity to see all the things that God does, but not in the measure that God does. It's, um, I read this book once. <sighs> Name escapes me. Name will always escape me, guys. Welcome. Welcome to the right brain, right mind. I have lots of concepts, very small names. Um, I'll find the name though and put it on my stories if anyone is interested. It's really not a book that, that, that can be found easily. I bought it from eBay. I fucking bid on it. It's like an old, really old, like 1950s book. Um, but the author talks about how we're made in, in God's likeness. And the example that he uses is that if you can imagine that God is the vastness of the ocean. Okay, there is this ocean, it's deep and it's dark and it's blue and it's just vast. And then we have these rivers and streams and waterfalls and lakes and puddles and ponds and all being funneled from the vastness of the sea, of the ocean. The quality never, never is differentiated. It's only the quantity that can be measured, right? So these ponds and these lakes and these and these and these rivers and these waterfalls are in the same quality of the ocean of the God. It's just being expressed in a smaller quantity than that of the vastness of the ocean. That's us and God. That's us and God. We are the rivers and the lakes and the ponds and the waterfalls and the, and the small little spheres of where water goes into. Our quality can never, can never be taken away. The quality of who we are will always be that of God. It's just the quantity because we're such infinite vessels that we can't express God in its vastness because the ocean doesn't have a vessel. It's, it's vesselless. The whole earth is, it, it, is its vessel. When we return back into that spaciousness, we return back into that measurement, into that quantity of God. But right now, while we're humans, our job is to not forget our true identity as the quality of God even if we can only express it in a very small amount, which is by our words, by our actions, by the love that we give to people, by the, 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 the acts of duty and acts of service, by us living in our purpose, by us identifying and remembering. All these different things are parts of us being created in God's likeness. And that is the true remembrance of, for me, God. The word God the vibration God, Christ consciousness, whatever you want to call it, source, infinite reality, whatever. I feel like we, we swam all over the place. But here we are, right back, 
to that silent space, the ocean, the sea, whatever you want to call it, where there's nothing to do, there's nowhere to go, there's nowhere to be, there's no one to be because there's no one being it. It's just you and me or a perceived reality. Like you're really just perceiving me right now. And I'm just perceiving you. Root is connection to Gaia. Crown is connection to the cosmos. Yes, Brittany. Thank you for that. Thank you for that visual. And thank you guys for being here. I think the transmission is complete. We could have a part two of this because I didn't even get to get into the questions that you guys sent. Um... But I think that this is a really good starting point for a lot of people and for a lot of us. I think this is a really great starting point. I will save this. It's going to be on the podcast so that you guys can listen to it in, in however increments you like to in, listen to it in because it's a long one. You can listen to 30 minutes here and 30 minutes there without losing your spot. Um, so I will do that for you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of my temple of devotion. Um, thanks, Brittany. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you. Thank you, Marley. Thank you, Tony. Thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, and then maybe we'll have a part two where we like dive into, if you guys want, um, we can dive into like more of like the Bible stuff because I did have a question that I didn't get to answer and that question was specifically about the bible and specifically about jesus and specifically about like religion and i know that that can be somewhat of a shackle for a lot of us so i want to also honor that question and i said that i would so we probably will do a part two um so thank you guys thank you i'm sending you so much love Mwah.